Scripture this morning comes from Hebrews 11, and a reading verse 8 to 19. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised. But having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. And this is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. This is a day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. It's so good to be here, so good to see everyone. And it's a privilege to be able to gather together with all of you. Um, Yeah, so let's start with a word of prayer. Father God, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you that that yeah, we are able to gather together freely and hear from your word. Thank you that you are so faithful to us. I pray, God, that you would open our minds, ears, eyes, soften our heart, what you have prepared, and please give me words to speak. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we are... Continuing from last week, where we left off in Hebrews, and before we begin, I want to quickly remind you that the author of Hebrews is emphasizing the life of faith primarily, because the people of whom he was writing were dealing with some very difficult life circumstance in the way of persecutions, hardships, and he needed, or they needed to be reminded And this is what chapter 11 of Hebrews is all about. A reminder that God's people have always been called to live by faith. And they are not being called to live differently. They were believers in Christ, and their life was very difficult because of the persecution. And they were thinking of abandoning their faith and going back to Old Testament law. 
But the author of Hebrews is reminding them that even under the law, they were called to live by faith. So, how is your faith doing? Is your faith strong? Is it struggling? Is it waning? Or is it building up and growing? These are some important questions to ask. Because depending on the answer, depending on how your faith is doing, there is an aspect, it's all connected how you live your life and how you deal with like some serious um, circumstances or difficulties in life you're going through. So let's begin from the, fir the first verse of our scripture reading, which is verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. So Abraham was a man who lived by faith. Here, the emphasis is on calling of Abraham to leave what was familiar to him. So Abraham left his own country and went off into the unknown with nothing to rely on except God told him to go and had promised him inheritance. That's all Abraham knew. The invisible God was so real to him and his word so sure that Abraham obeyed God. So, have you had that experience? Has God ever called you in any capacity to leave what is familiar to you? And would you go if he called you right now? Now, whenever we are called to do something unfamiliar, it takes faith. And when life is hard, it takes special dose of faith. Abraham obeyed because he trusted God. And this is, the story is from Genesis 12. Uh, let's go through first few, four verses of Genesis chapter 12. So, now the Lord said to Abram, this is before Lord changed his name to Abraham. Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. You might remember that Abram's faith was not a perfect faith. And I want to give you a couple of examples. Why is that? When God had told him to go to the promised land, first, he took his nephew Lot with him. God didn't tell him to take Lot with him. Second, Abraham got only halfway before he reached, and he stayed there for quite a while. And when he, when he was in Egypt, what happened when he got there in Egypt? There was a famine, which was completely out of his control. Then third, Abraham asked his wife, Sarah, to lie on his behalf, putting her into a very morally compromising situation. They also found Hagar in Egypt. And that was a major issue for them in the future. The point is that Abraham was a man of faith and he obeyed God, but he did not do it perfectly. And neither do we. 
I want you to understand here, therefore, that when we read the Hall of Faith, we are talking about people who are just like you and me. We stumble from time to time, we do things that are somewhat stupid or foolish, and we fail sometimes, like Abraham. But here's the interesting part, and I really like this, and I'm going to reiterate that throughout the message. God doesn't focus on failures. He focuses on faith. And that should be the real thing we should bring from this passage. As we read the whole chapter 11, do we hear any failures? No, we see faith. So was it a perfect faith? It wasn't. However, there was faith and there was obedience that came from that faith. Moving on to the next few verses. Verse 9, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So we are told here in these verses that when Abraham finally made his way to the land of promise, he lived there essentially as a foreigner. He never sought to get political control of the land, and he lived there as a sojourner. Sojourner means temporarily residing in that place. Abraham lived that he didn't have any ownership of the land. He lived as he was passing through, just passing through. And why? Verse 10 says, he was looking forward to something else. That is, a city with real and eternal foundations. A city which is designed and built by God. In simple terms, this is a reference to heaven. So Abraham was looking forward to something better. He was looking forward to heaven. Therefore, this is a reminder to you and also to me that this life is not our home. And we forget that sometimes, don't we? We do that sometimes. We start living as if this is our home, getting too comfortable with what we have right now and what we actually treasure. We start to put down roots. However, when we read passages like this, we realize that we do not belong here. As believers, Abraham models for us for how we ought to live in this world as strangers and aliens just passing through. And we will see the author of Hebrews is going to speak more about this in the following verses. Abraham knew that the land of Canaan was not his ultimate reward. The ultimate rest, as we saw in the previous chapters, was always our future heavenly home. So we are on the same journey as Abraham. His journey is our journey. There's no difference. So our eyes, our focus should be on the eternal promises of God, not the temporary things of the world. Let's move on to the next couple of verses. Verse 11, and by faith even Sarah, who, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead. What a nice thing to say about Abraham. <laughs> came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless 
as the sand on the seashore. I will come back to talk about Sarah a little later. Let's talk about Abraham first. So this was another test of Abraham. God promised that Abraham's descendants would be like stars in the sky, or stars in the, of the heaven, and as like innumerable sand on the seashore. But there was another, just problem, one problem. Sarah was past the age of conceiving a child. She was barren. And Abraham was so old, he, as good as dead, yeah. <laughs> so we should remember that God's promise regarding Abraham's offspring is like the promise he made about the land, right? He, it points to something greater. And this is a reference. So I want to give a reference. So Paul notices this. Apostle Paul notices language. And he gave a reference in letter to the Galatians in 3.16, chapter 3, verse 16. It says, now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings. There's no S referring to many, but referring to one, that's offspring, who is Christ. Furthermore, it was not just Abraham's physical offspring, and not even only Christ that God had in mind when he made the promise, but the spiritual offspring that comes through Christ. So what comes through Christ? The spiritual offspring. So what does that mean for us? This is a stunning statement, right, in Paul's Jewish world. Because if we are Christ, you are Abraham's offspring. So it means we are all Abraham's offspring, those who trust in Jesus. Now talking about Sarah, when I, was, when I was reading about Sarah in Genesis, usually, I'm, I'm scratching my head and I'm thinking, did Sarah really have faith? And the reason I say this is because I want to give you a few examples of what Sarah was doing. Example number one, she came to Abraham and said, obviously God doesn't expect me to have a baby, so what are we going to do? We're going to work this thing out on our own. So what should she do? She proposed to Abraham to marry Hagar, where they met in Egypt, right? And have a child through Hagar. And Sarah could raise on her own. Well, that didn't work out too well for them. Uh, Abraham also went along with him. So this was a breakdown of faith, right? They didn't wait on God's promise to come down. Example number two. When Lord appeared to Abraham a year before Sarah miraculously had a baby, Sarah laughed when she was told she would have a child. She, it doesn't even say she laughed. She burst out of laughter. And we have all these accounts. You can read this in Genesis. But the author of Hebrews knew about Sarah's failures and, and the doubts she had. Sarah had her many doubts, and, but she did have faith. And how do we know that? She bore Isaac. How else? And the author of Hebrews says, she considered him faithful. Was it a perfect faith? No, it was not. But isn't, a comfort, isn't it a comfort to know that all the failures we do have and experiences in our lives are kind of erased or wiped out, removed from God's account? How does God see our failures of faith? 
How about they are not even present? They are burned up and consumed by the glory of God through the blood of Jesus. And that is, everyone, is good news. All our sins are taken to the cross. All those failures of faith are taken to the cross. Because the faith in finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross erases your record, my record, wiped clean. Like, you know, the men in black, you forget. <laughs> okay, moving on to next few verses. Verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return instead. They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So we see a radical obedience from these people to their beliefs and attitudes. Their faith was forward-looking and anticipating that God would keep his promises in the future. They realized they would never in this life would see the complete fulfillment, but nevertheless greeted them afar, all these God's promises. So for these people, what was most real to them? It was God, the invisible God. And what above all else were they sure of? That God's word is true and trustworthy. Therefore, they had this certainty that eternal glory is waiting for those who walk with him. We can see the core principle of faith, what we saw in last week's verse 1, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. They did not see, but they still believed. And in case anyone is doubting that these people were interested more in a heavenly home, we see in verse 15, it says, if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return, which makes sense, right? If Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and others were longing for the earthly homeland, they could have just traveled there instead. But they turned their attention for the future home that awaited them. They did not turn back. So this example of Abraham encourages us to look forward and not backward. So now what happens after we do this? God seeing them believe and acting like this was and is proud of them. He is not ashamed to be their God. He is delighted with them. Essentially, God is honoring their faith because they wanted to be with God. God prepares a place where they can be with him. And he has indeed prepared a place, what they are seeking. And not one of them will be disappointed. They lived in faith, they died in faith. But we shall see all these people in heaven. I would love to. Would you? Last thing in these uh, verses, I just want to point out that we can see the use of word better again 
So we see that Jesus in the new covenant is better. In the previous chapters, we have seen Jesus in the new covenant is, is, brings a better hope, a better covenant, better promises, better sacrifices, better possession, and we just read better country. Okay, now we come to the last section of our scripture reading. Verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is to Isaac that your offspring, offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. So this was the ultimate test of faith for Abraham. All of the previous things were like warm-up. What was to come next? Abraham was tested by God when he was asked to do the unthinkable, to offer up his son, Isaac. Now, it is very hard to wrap our minds around how difficult this would have been for him. Isaac, around this time, would be like 12 or 13 years old, and no doubt, Abraham loved him more than his life. Beyond this, we see God's command seemed a bit out of sync with his earlier promises. Because if you remember, God had promised Abraham would have offspring like stars in the sky and sand in the seashore. So Abraham had received the promise, but Isaac was the key to the promise. So if Isaac died, how would God fulfill his promise? So this is, there's a dilemma you can see, right? Same for Abraham. Therefore, in this story, we come face to face with one of the most common and most difficult ways God tests people. He asks us to obey even when it does not make sense. But incredibly, Abraham obeys here again. We read in Genesis chapter 22, verse 3. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. So, Abraham obeys immediately after hearing God's command. We see the immediate nature of Abraham's obedience. Right? God told him today, you're going to do this. And Abraham, early the next morning, is ready to do it. We can see how Abraham's faith has become so strong right now. But the question is how? How could any man obey like this under such difficult circumstance? The answer is Abraham's obedience came from his faith, flowed from his faith. His faith empowered by what he believed. And what did he believe? Verse 19 tells us something very amazing. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. So Abraham reasoned, right? It is not blind faith. Abraham reasoned 
how could God would fulfill his promise? God has been so faithful all my life. So Abraham reasoned. And he was so sure that God would keep his promise, he figured that God will do a miracle to bring back Isaac to life if necessary. And what happened? Abraham did receive him back. Isaac escaped death because a substitute was made for him. God provided the offering in the form of a ram. And how do we know that? We read in verse 8, chapter 22. Isaac asks his dad where the offering is, and Abraham replies to him, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. But what did God provide in substitute for Isaac? In verse 13, we see, Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead, right, instead of his son. A ram caught in a thicket by his horns. God provided a ram that day. Isaac lived because another died. Isaac's blood was spared because blood of another was shed. But what about the lamb? The lamb was still to come. The story of Abraham and Isaac is a perfect picture of this reality, a perfect picture of the gospel message. But you know, one day, one day God, like Abraham, would put into action his plan to sacrifice his one and only son. But this time there would be a big difference. This time, no one would come to rescue. This time, no angel would be sent to intervene, as was done for Isaac. In the case of Son of God, the Lamb of God, right? here's the Lamb, the Lamb of God, there would be no reprieve, no postponing, no cancellation. He would actually die. And he would actually be raised from dead. And this is exactly what happened. Hallelujah. And while I was reading Genesis 22, I, I found this thing I want to share. It really blew my mind. I, ha I didn't notice this, so I, I'm really excited to share this with, with you. In, I want to point out two verses in Genesis 22. Um, let's read verse 2. He said, take your son. So God is saying to Abraham, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, of which I shall tell you. Now we go further in verse 12, right? Abraham passed the test, and now God says to him, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. I want you to notice how God referred to Isaac here. If you catch that. He said, your son, your only son. But was Isaac the only son of Abraham? No. At this point of life, Abraham had another son through Hagar. His name was Ishmael. 
So why is it that Ishmael is not being taken into consideration of Abraham's son and not even being taken into consideration of sacrifice? The answer is in this chapter of Hebrews, but one of the verses we looked last week in verse 6. Verse 6, chapter 11, Hebrews says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. Whoever, whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So without faith, it is impossible to please him. So what was it about Ishmael that God did not accept him? Because he was not a byproduct of faith. He was a byproduct, consequence of human effort. Ishmael was a byproduct, consequence of, oh, we have to help God. He is obviously having trouble to make this promise come through. So I'm going to do this on my own. Can you relate to that? Have you ever given birth to Ishmael, talking figuratively? <laughs> have you ever tried to do things by your own effort and not wait on God's promises? Because I have, many times. So Ishmael is a byproduct of unbelief and byproduct of doubt. Let's take Isaac. Isaac is, on the other hand, there's no way possible to have a child with a man who is almost 100 years old and a woman who is 90. So Isaac was a miracle child. It was a miraculous. The result of promise the result of faith. So every time we step out in the flesh, fix a problem to try to do something better, that is result of self-effort. You know that tight grip we have when we try to make things happen. But the good news is the failures of faith, the failures of our human effort is not what God remembers. Are there consequences in this life? Yes, there are. But in the eternal kingdom, he does not recognize them at all. He chooses not to remember under the blood of lamb. Take your son, your only son whom you love. God gave his only son for you and for me so that we can be redeemed and walk by faith. And Jeremiah 31, 34, in conclusion, sums this up very clearly. It says, And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. And now see this. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Remember their sin no more. All those failures we spend our life regretting, God wipes them off. God forgives our sins and chooses, right? He chooses to not remember them. So, under the blood of Lamb, now by faith, walk, live your life. Walk in faith by the power of Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you 
Yeah, you choose us to not remember our sins. Help us, God, to live by faith and not by sight. Thank you that you have been so, so faithful to us, to each one of us, every day, every hour. Help us to grow in faith and help us by the power of Holy Spirit to walk in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.